persons you're listening to, no names, all game. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to another edition of No Names All Game. Today is November 2nd. My name is Chris Henkin, joined as always by my co-host Pat Colicchio. And your Nittany Lions are unfortunately 0-2 after dropping a pretty ugly game to Ohio State at home, losing 38-25. to A lot of things went wrong. A lot of things we're not happy about. Um, this is uh, some unfamiliar territory starting the season 0-2. So, Pat, I'll, I'll start with this. Um, where are you at on, like – morale level are you are you like fully crushed are you kind of over it don't care anymore where where do you fall on that scale uh to be honest with you week one loss was was worse to me than this um because i i didn't think we were gonna win this game like you're to be frankly honest like when you go into the season ohio state is a game that you say we can win not that we're going to it's it's the only game on the schedule that you don't say we should win this game you say we might be able to and so, like, the loss to Indiana was essentially, like, starting out 0-2. Like, you were just like, there goes the season. There goes college football hopes. Unless we do something, that is a, some, at least somewhat of a long shot. Um, but it's, and so, like, the more I think about this, like, is it the end of the season? No. I mean, Penn State can still win six games in a row, our end-of-the-season Big Ten game, and then a bowl game. And go, what, eight and two? Yeah. I mean, that's essentially the same season we had last year. And everyone was fairly happy with that. Yeah. No, I think, I think you're absolutely right. I think, I think losing to Indiana week one kind of, kind of took the wind out of our sails, you know, before we even got off the ground. Um, I know those are two separate analogies there, but uh, my mind is broken. Um, yeah, you, you expect Ohio State to be a battle. You expect it to hopefully be a close game and give yourselves a chance to win. Um, we, we didn't do that, um, you know, after seeing some of the sloppiness in Indiana. I think, you know, there was, you know, the faith was kind of taken out. Of course, I, I gave my prediction that we were going to win, tried to pump myself up for it. Um, but it, it was going to be a tough game no matter what. And right off the bat, you know, when they start with like a 60-something yard run, you're like, oh, shit. Run, first play oh, game. shit. Here we go. Um, so, yeah, I think I'm, I'm kind of at the point where like watching the game, I was, I was upset, obviously. Um, you know, there were some ups and downs where it looked like maybe we'd have a chance or maybe we'd keep it close. We got within one score. Yeah. We yeah, it looked – yeah, it looked – We went down 14 in, in the first like five minutes of the game and lost by 13. Yeah. Yeah, we gave them we gave them a real quick, easy head start, and then played somewhat competitively for the rest of the game, and, and had some mistakes here and there. Um, but yeah, like as I was watching it, of course I was upset. Of course it sucks. Um, it was the first time starting a season 0 and 2 since 2012. Uh, that was that uh, Bill O'Brien team. If you remember, we lost to Ohio and then UVA. Ficken missed like four field goals and an extra point. It was just a ridiculous start to the season. Uh, this and is by the, the way, first time. All the people yelling that we have, we have to fire Franklin and hire O'Brien again now that he's free. <laughs> he did it too. He it also happened. started 0 and 2 against two way worse teams. <laughs> true, true. Now the, the talent level is probably very different on that team. But, um, you know, this is the first. Since, since 2012, this is the first time we're out of the top 25 in the AP poll since uh, we entered it in 2016 with that win over uh, number two at the time, Ohio State. So, yeah, it sucks. But I think when we talk about, like, morale, where's your, like, mental state at, I'm kind of okay. Like, I, I'm just at this point, like, hey, this year is, is chalk it up to the weird year. We lost a bunch of our guys. Like, the, sure, you want to stop hearing that at some point. It's not an excuse. It just is what it is. Like, at this point, I'm just going to try to enjoy – Hope to, hope to see some guys emerge as, as like, really 
fun players to watch and we've started seeing some of that already and you know hope for hope for this year to be sort of the the warm-up for Shiraka and this offense to light it up next year so I, I'm kind of indifferent this is different though like we didn't just lose guys to the NFL like we have in years past we lost guys that we're supposed to have we yep. lost Micah Parsons before the season started we lost Journey Brown before the season started we lost Noah Kane three plays into the season like yeah this isn't a you know yeah yeah, and, uh, and you know, excuses can be made, but like it, this is a pretty exceptional like, in circumstance. Yeah, yeah, and I, I don't mean to say it's it's not. I, I I'm saying like I'm not looking as an excuse. It's just a weird year. Every team's going through something different. It's it's strange. It's all over the place. I'm just kind of like, it's almost like relief. I think it's like you know what? Of course, I'm still going to be excited and I'm going to watch every game, but I'm not going to be sitting there on the edge of my seat like every single play matters, everything matters. It's more of just like a hey, let's just sit and enjoy. Whatever happens, happens. So that being said, let's get into this game. There's a ton to talk about. We got a bunch of Twitter questions, so we're gonna kind of go through them. A lot of a lot of similar questions on on general topics, which we knew was gonna happen. But let's start with our weekly lion and lamb, your most valuable and least valuable player. Who is your lion of the week? I mean it's gotta be Jahan Dotson, right? Yeah. I, I was almost gonna, I was almost gonna say we should pick we should both pick someone besides him, but kick it off with Jahan. He just Yeah, I mean 144 yards, three touchdowns, and like back-to-back two of the craziest catches you'll see in college football against probably the best cornerback in college football, a guy who's going to be a first-round pick. And, like, most people think he's going to be an absolute stud in the NFL. I mean, one of our big things coming this season is, like, can Jahan Dotson be the guy? Can he be a number one receiver? He just did it against, like, maybe the most talented team in the country. Yeah. Probably probably the most talented defense in the country, I think, hands down. Yeah, he, he had an incredible game. His final stat line, eight receptions, 144, three touchdowns. Um, you mentioned the back-to-back circus catches, which was so cool to see the entire Twitter world get lit up with that. I mean, SportsCenter was posting it. Bleacher Report was posting it. Like NFL analysts, everyone just going, oh, that's crazy. So that was really cool. Um, obviously, we were down at the point, but but awesome to see. Um, and, and, yeah, that to me, like he, he has – I know it's only two games, but he has shown us that he is the guy that we wanted him to be. Um, we, we, we questioned it. We said, are we going to have a guy that's going to be consistently in the 80-plus range um, you know, per game, can be a real number one? And, and he's showing that. I, like, I love that they moved him to the outside um, because I think he's flourishing. In the first two games, he has 12 receptions, 238 yards, and four touchdowns. Uh, so that's the most receiving yards by a Penn State player in the team's first two games of a season since Geno Lewis in 2014 and most receiving yards by a Penn state player, in the team's first two big 10 games uh, since Allen Robinson in 2013, uh, the Penn state team put out a, a nice graphic of that uh, with him doing the one hander over Wade. So like, yeah, he, he's, he's, he's the guy uh, deserves every bit of praise he gets for this game. Sean Wade is a stud at, at corner. He'll be a top 15 ish pick. Um, it was just great to see. Like, I don't have a lot more to say. Jahan Dotson is, is that dude. Yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, there's not really anyone else uh, to, to pick here. So, I mean, I knew that was going to happen. Um, I think for me, it's Parker Washington. Um, he's emerging as a very nice complimentary piece, a uh, real good slot receiver, had a couple of nice, uh, you know, plays run after the catch. Um, I, you know, nothing crazy for four catches, 73 yards. But I think, you know, as this offense evolves, as Shiraka's uh, scheme evolves, he's going to be a really important piece. And it was it was nice to see him get involved. Um, I think he had one return too. It wasn't anything, wasn't anything crazy, but you know, I think, I think we might see some splashes there. So 
not a lot of other candidates for Lion. Um, before we Friend get to the Lamb, podcast, Antonio Shelton could have been. A I candidate. was going to say be- before we get to Lamb, let's let's talk through some other positives. What else did you see? I I thought Antonio Shelton was you know in what was not a lot of highlights on the defensive side of the ball. I thought he was a guy you know he had sack, big pass deflection. And he was he seemed like he was kind of keeping the energy of the defense. He seemed like the heart and soul of the defense in that game. Yeah. Yeah. And I think he's that guy. And, you know, we've heard that uh, he's often the guy that you see pregame kind of, you know, leading the huddle, leading whatever chance they're doing. Um, yeah, I, uh, I remember last year at the end of last season, I was like kind of looking ahead to how many guys we might have get drafted from this year. And I remember putting Shelton on there and someone like crucified me like, Antonio Shelton, he's not getting drafted. I was like, dude. I like the guy. And this is before he was on the podcast. This is unbiased. I was like, I like the guy. I know he doesn't have the stats, but like, I think he can be a good player in the middle. And, and yeah, he's making his presence felt. He's getting that push being in that sort of nose tackle. That's, you know, you're not always going to get the stats. Um, sometimes you're just going to plug up the middle there and, and let the edge rushers take, take the, the, you know, uh, the sacks, but it was very nice to see him get in there make some plays um, and do some good things. Um, the only other one I was going to put on there too, Jordan Stout. Um, Quiet, but, you know, uh, hit the 50-yard field goal at the end of the first half, which was very nice, um, gave us some momentum there. Uh, and then quietly, he's, he's doing very nicely uh, in the punting duties. Took over for Blake Gilligan, who was a four-year starter. Um, this game, he had four punts, averaged 49 yards and, and no return yards. They didn't return any of them. So, you know, it's, it's, you, know, you don't necessarily want a punter to be the highlight of your team, but being that we find ourselves in that situation, it's nice to see him doing well in, in sort of a new role. Plus he's um, putting it through the end zone on like every kickoff. Oh yeah. That, I mean, that's a given at this point. I just, I don't expect ever that a team will have a kick return. I just expect him to put it, put it through the back. Um, I'm sure there'll be a couple other positives that we'll talk through, but let's flip to lamb. Who is your lamb least valuable player of this game? Uh, honestly, I got to give it to the coaching staff. Ooh. Um, okay. I thought we didn't come out prepared. Um, defensively, clearly not. You know, there, there was no, like, it seemed like there was no game plan that, like, it, it was like they didn't watch film on Ohio State, almost, on the defensive side of the ball. And, you know, I, this is a specially talented team, so I, they're going to do that to a certain extent, mm-hmm. but, like, almost no, no planning. Um, first half offense, I, at least Sharaka made adjustments, I thought, really well in the second half, but, like, his game plan to start the game didn't seem all that great. Um, you know, we, we had an issue with uh, – on one of the plays they scored, we call a timeout, and then out of the timeout, we don't have enough guys on the field. That's that a major brutal. coaching mistake. Brutal. Just, just, like, all around, like, we badly got outcoached that game. Yeah, I think, I think that's really fair. Um, and and, and I, I definitely agree. I lean more towards defense. I'm going to talk about the defense a good bit in this show. Um, we, we just didn't look ready, like, at all. Uh, that, that one after the timeout where we're, like, we didn't have enough guys, and they just it was like a seam right over the middle for a touchdown. I was like, what are we doing here? Like, things happen. I get it. That's coming out of a timeout. Um, yeah, man, it's, it's tough. And I, I tweeted out about our secondary. Um, you know, I tweeted, I, I don't have a great grasp on the X's and O's. I know I'm not nearly as athletic as these guys. Like, I will never, I will never reach the level of success that they have had. Um, so it's, it's – you know, I, I find myself in a weird spot to even critique, but like the secondary just looked bad, man. Like I, I know, I know the D line is going to struggle a bit because you've got two first rounders probably on that offensive line over there. Um, late first, early second, at least. Um, they, they, they're, 
productive on the offensive line. They're going to be hard to, to get through. And Justin Fields makes some ridiculous plays. I mean, there, there were a couple. We, we had him for a loss. He is falling over and somehow completes a pass. Like, the guy is very, very good. Um, I get that. The secondary killed me. So I don't know if I want to give it I, – I hate singling people out, but my lamb's going to be Lamont Wade. Um, I, I like Lamont as a person. I know he gets some flack on Twitter for some of the things that he posts uh, in his personal life. I, I like him as a person. I like him as a leader. Um, like, I, I, really, I really enjoy seeing him be vocal and being energized. I think he is, like – he's kind of that spark plug where he'll, he'll give you some moments. He'll give you, you know, the, the forced fumbles. He'll give you the interceptions. He'll give you the big hit in, in run defense. But in coverage, like, as a safety, he just – he gets beat a lot. He seems to be out of position. I don't know. Like, again, I don't know what the assignments are, but, like, hardly ever do I see him, like, getting over to help a corner. Um, and, again, who knows if that's his assignment or not. But it just seems more often than not, like, when you watch it back, and I didn't get to watch the full game back, he's, he's beaten badly in coverage, and it, it becomes a liability. I, I had people tweeting at me, like, Lamont Wade is a liability. Get him out there. And I'm like – I don't know, man. Like, who else are you going to put in? Like, yes, we have other guys, but, you know, what's the trade-off there? So I, I don't want to harp too negatively, and I hate, like, singling out individuals. But for me today, it, it was Lamont Wade. What did you think about the secondary? Yeah, I mean, I, I kind of agree. Lamont Wade has been disappointing this season. Um, he, you know, he had some big moments in the second half of Indiana. Um, yeah, he had the interception. He had a, but he had a bad first half in that game. Um, and, yeah, I, he didn't – do anything it felt it felt like he was almost a non-entity for a lot of the game and when you did see him it wasn't good yeah I think there was at least one touchdown in this game that that he just got burned on it was like a corner route um he just kind of slipped and couldn't catch up um I know I know Joey Porter got burned a couple times today but in general I think he looks really good I thought he he looked good he he played some incredible like the first touchdown it was uh the back right corner I think to Olave Played excellent coverage and he just didn't like even get burned there. He was there. No, that's he, what I'm saying. Yeah. Played excellent coverage, just couldn't make a play on the ball, and Olave made an excellent catch. Probably um, every other team in the conference. That's not a touchdown. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So I think I think Joey Porter's doing a lot of good things. Um, I'm very excited for him. Uh, I think Tariq Castro Fields. I haven't noticed him this year, which I think is a good thing. I haven't noticed him like messing things up or being out of position. Uh, so that's awesome. Seems to be doing a good job. Um, but, but for something, for some reason, it seems like our safeties are constantly not near the ball. Like if there's, if there's a ball in the air and like yeah, a corner is somewhat beat, it's like the safeties are both trailing in at the very end of the play. Like, Oh man, almost happened. Oh, could have been there. And again, who knows? I don't know what they're supposed to be doing, but I'm going to end my rant here. It looks ugly. I don't like it. I would like that to be better. Um, all right, let's move into some Twitter questions. Lions and Lambs for the week are done. Um, we have a lot of questions on similar subjects, like I mentioned. So I want to give shout outs to people that, that wrote in because we appreciate you writing in. So I'm going to kind of read through them all um, on the same topic, and then we'll, we'll discuss. The first, first topic is Cliff. Um, there's going to be a lot of Sean Clifford hate from this week. Um, his stat line, again, kind of ends not terribly. 18 of 30, 281, uh, three touchdowns and one interception. However, on the ground, 18 carries for five yards. That is one, two, three, four, five uh, for an average of 0. 0.3. Uh, so let's go through some of the questions about Cliff. Uh, Aaron says, why is Clifford throwing so many interceptions this year? Uh, why can't Clifford execute a play if his first read isn't open? Our uh, friend CJ Scalzetti says, um, this is Cliff and the O-line a little bit together. Um, 
this was not an elite OSU D-line, and our, quote, finally take the next step O-line got dominated again. Give me one fucking reason why Cliff got 18 carries, Ford 8, and Lee slash Holmes 0. I appreciate Trace more those three years. Most to be shocked to witness how many times he evaded being sacked taking off by taking off slash throwing at the last minute. O-line play probably has improved a bit uh, the past two years, but the QB awareness component has dropped off a cliff under Sean. Nice play on words there. Drop off a cliff under Sean. Very nice. Um, let's see. Uh, Jay knows. O. this is at fake J fake J account uh, says uh, if James Franklin is worried about Clifford getting knocked in the pocket, why call QB draws is the RPO stunting the development of the O line, the lack of committing to a run play versus pass play leaves the O line, not being able to commit to a blocking scheme. Um, there's, there's some others. I, I'm sorry. I'm not going to get to all of them, but most, most of the questions are, What's wrong with Cliff? What's wrong with the O-line? Why the hell is Cliff running so much? And, and what's going on? So all of that wrapped in a bow. What's, what's your take on Sean Clifford in this game and so far this season? I mean, my, my take on Sean Clifford is, like, do I want him to be better than he's been? Yes. But do I think he's been – like, I don't think Sean Clifford was the problem last game. I don't look at that game and go, man, if we had a, like, if we had a different quarterback, we could have won. Like, no, we got dominated in the trenches on both sides. And that's what killed this game. I mean, Sean Clifford barely had time to throw. He, again, had a very bad first half, unfortunately. But once the game plan was adjusted, he was solid, I would say, in the second half. Um, the interception comes late at a time that was, I wouldn't call it, like, back-breaking, but it was like, like yeah, the game. there goes our chance. Yeah. We were, you know, the chances of us winning weren't high at that point, but, like, there it went with that interception. And it's late. We have to score on that drive. I think it was either second or third down. And he had to do something. Um, That wasn't what I wanted him to do. But, like, he was just trying to, you know, you're in a situation where throwing the ball away kind of stops becoming an option. And he got caught. Like, that's – I don't look at his game and go, man, what's the problem with Sean Clifford? See, I, I'm going to disagree with you there. I, I think there is a problem. You know, I'm a biggest Cliff fan in the world. Um, I, I, I think he is struggling mightily. Um, when he has those flashes, I mean, the drive coming out of halftime was beautiful, perfectly executed, incredible, um, score a touchdown, wonderful. Um, but but he, he, his pocket awareness, his pocket presence, and the inability to – I don't know if it's read the defense or look past the first read, which is what a lot of people have said is really problematic. And, and, you know, we had coach Caduti on last week told us he's, he's a one read guy. If that reads not there, he's taken off. Um, And that's what seemed like, it almost seemed like that's what worked in that drive after halftime is they were quick passes. They were get the ball out, let your guys make plays. Um, He, he like 18, 18 runs, 18 carries for five yards is disgraceful. Like it's awful. So I have everyone, we heard it a couple in these questions, everyone on Twitter is, why do they keep running Clifford? Why do they keep, keep running Clifford? Um, so I went back through today. Like I said, I didn't get to watch the whole game, but I skimmed through our offensive possessions to kind of see. Uh, so of the 18 runs, that counts five sacks. Um, so he was sacked five times. So there were actually 13 runs. Um, but it's also a this, lot of negative yards. I'll say this, some of those sacks, were due to his own inability to extend the play or to scramble when his first read wasn't there. Um, So let's focus on the runs for a minute. So he has 13 true carries in the game. Um, Of those carries, two of them were designed QB runs. Um, Legitimate, like there was one he he like, uh, the running back motioned out. He just like kind of quick faked and took off. 
designed QB draw. And then there was another one where it looked like the, the wide receivers were running kind of just decoy go routes. Same thing, takes one step and goes. That's fine. So two out of the 18 are actual QB draws. Shiraka saying, hey, I want you to run it. I'm okay with that. We saw, you know, what was it, Nebraska QBs lit them up running. Um, worth taking a couple of shots. Um, seven of them uh, were read options or RPOs. I, I'm, I'm not going to distinguish between them. Uh, that, he, that he chose to pull, right? Um, may, maybe some of them had a pass component. I don't know. But, yes, you're right, read options. So seven times it was a read option where he's riding forward or if Holmes was in there, whatever, um, he pulls it and decides to run. Not very effective this game. I think there was maybe one he got some positive yards. Um, most of the time, he was just getting hit. So Murdered on the read option. Yeah. So, one, that's decision-making um, on him. Like, there's, you know, there's times where he pulled it where he shouldn't have. Um, but then there's also the, hey, this Ohio State defensive line and, and front seven is very good. I mean, there's one where they t- the guy tackled both of them. He was handing yeah. it off to Ford, tackled both of them. There was one where the D-end crashes down literally looks like there's about to be a lane and Will Fries gets burned by tough Borland, the linebacker. It, like nothing you can do there. So a little bit of play calling, right? Maybe, Hey, Shaka, that's not working. Let's not, let's not keep having Cliff do that. And a little bit on Cliff because he's ultimately making that decision. Um, so that's, that's seven and two. So that's nine of the 13 are those draws and the read options, um, five sacks and then four true pass plays that he didn't have his first read on and decided to take off. Um, Again, didn't, didn't get much out of that. So between the four pass plays that he scrambled on and the five sacks, that's nine times where he carried the ball, didn't really get anything out of it because either there was nothing open downfield, either the O-line was collapsing, or he bailed on the pocket. Um, does that all come down to Cliff? No, of course not, but does a lot of it? I think so. Yeah, I mean, I didn't go through every one of them, but just from like my memory of watching the game – there were not many of those seven read options. There were not many where handing it off was going to do anything either. If, the, if there was like, there might've been two. Yeah. Where it looked yeah. like handing it off might've been the right decision. And then, and then that becomes a, you know, an O-line execution and a Shiraka, hey, maybe don't call that so much. Um, my, my concern with Cliff is it, it became even more apparent in this game is if, if his first read isn't there and, and maybe he's getting through two reads, I don't know. Um, but if, if his initial game plan isn't there, he kind of panics. Um, there was, there was one play where Devin Ford picked up a blitz beautifully. Like they, they sent a, I don't know if it was a safety or linebacker. They sent someone, he picks up the blitz. He, he hits him. Cliff has time. And I'm, I'm almost sure it was this play. If not, it was another one. Daniel George is about to be open. Like he's beating the secondary, but Cliff sees that rush. Doesn't care that it's picked up, says, screw it. I'm out. And just starts running. Like it's hard to have a downfield presence when the wide receivers don't have time to get open because you're just taking off. It seemed like he assumed that rush was not going to get picked up. Like he decided before it got like when it, when it was coming, he decided that's it. And that's a problem. That's a problem in and of itself. Like it doesn't feel, it doesn't seem like he trusts his O line or his blockers. Like oftentimes, anytime there's even a little bit of pressure, there was a couple where there's, there's pressure coming on the left side. There's a lane for him to step up to the right. And, and make a throw, or if he's going to take off, take the run, he bails out to the left into the rush. Like, I, I don't know. He constantly bails left, which pisses me off because we've, we've seen that he can be good on the run. So why not roll out to the right and try to, try to get your guy on the go? Um, but he bails out to the left very often. 
he runs into the pressure very often rather than kind of sitting in either the pocket that's formed or stepping up into where the pocket will be. Um, it, it worries me. It really does. So am I saying like, you know, go to Levis or go to someone else? No, I, I don't think, I don't think that helps us by any means, but when you're sitting there going, is, is Cliff at the point right now where he could take us to a championship? No, I don't think he is. Um, so I don't want to like beat this dead horse, but I, my panic meter on Cliff is, is increasing. Like I'm, I'm a little worried. Um, and I hate that cause I love Cliff. He's my guy, but I'm, I'm worried. Um, anything else on, on Cliff or the O-line? Uh, I, I mean, I think you've got a, a pretty fair assessment of him. The one thing I'm going to say is like, you have to remember like part of this panic is cause he just played the best team in the conference. Like I, I don't expect him to look that bad the rest of the season going forward. So let, I mean, let's, I hope let's not. try, like, let's, let's remember that. I, I hope not, but I mean, this is, this is the, the hole we fall in, right? It's, well, he didn't look great against Indiana because it was the first game in a weird offseason. Didn't look as good in the second game because it's Ohio State. And yeah, next didn't look good in the third game and the fourth game. And yeah, exactly. <laughs> so, Cliff, I love you. I hope, I hope Shock is able to help him fix some of these tendencies because, shit, I don't know how you fix them. I'm not a coordinator, but I hope he can fix some of that. Um, so let's move into Shiraka and some play calling. We have a couple of questions around that. Um, Alexander Grant says Shiraka is making me miss Ronnie's play calling. Pump the, brakes on that. Pump the brakes on that, my friend. Uh, Michael uh, at M-I-C-J-A-M-E says, your guest last week was great. Uh, talking about Coach Caduti. Uh, I only wish our game plan reflected his insights more, designed rollouts, misdirections, etc. When will James Franklin drop his dogmatic insistence on the gun at all times? Ohio State can go under center for short yardages situations. Why can't we? Uh, he also says, hopefully with a full spring practice, Jiraka can implement more practical attacks based on personnel and defensive schemes. The RPO worked great in 2016 with Trace and Saquon, but it needs to be part of the arsenal now rather than the whole thing. Um, you, you touched on play calling a little bit uh, before. Obviously, I don't miss Ricky Ronnie's, but what are you, what are you seeing from Shiraka? Uh, what did you like? What, what didn't you like? Yeah, I mean, I did not like the first half play calling whatsoever. Um, the other thing to say is, like, it's hard to have any good play calling when you just get dominated on the offensive line, when there's no time to throw and there's no room to run. There's not a lot of plays you can call that are going to work. Um, but I, I like I – like and he's done this in both games. He's made, I think, really good adjustments at halftime. But it's yeah. like, hey, maybe we should not have to make these adjustments. Maybe we should come in with this game plan. Yeah, you know? I mean that, that goes His back. Teams to some have of the film. That goes back to some of the early Jomo games where it was like every second half we would just go off. It's like, all right, what the fuck are we doing? Why isn't this happening yeah. from the start? And of course, there are adjustments to be made. That that's part of football. I get that. Um, yeah, I don't know with, with Shiraka's play calling. So it was tough. Um, you know, Pat Fryermuth wasn't super involved, um, but it looked like they just they had a really good plan. Um, they they were shutting him down. There were a couple of passes where where Cliff. I wouldn't say missed him. Like it was, it was incredibly tight coverage. It would have had to have been perfect throws and, and just couldn't, couldn't complete them. Um, he had one, one drop in the end zone uh, for a two, a two point conversion. Yeah. yeah. Uncharacteristic is what it is. Um, but they, they kind of took him out. Um, obviously we talked about Jahan already loved seeing Parker Washington get involved. Like I think if the O-line is not performing to the level that we want them to be. And again, I, I don't think, I didn't think they looked good in Indiana. Um, I thought they looked worse today uh, or yesterday or whatever day it is. Fuck, I'm losing my mind. Um, if that's the case, if the offensive line can't can't give Cliff time, if it is causing him to have the yips, if it is causing him to see ghosts and bail out and everything, then, yeah, you got to design plays around it. Um, 
so I, I want to see more of, of sort of these, these quick hitters, get your guys in space. Like there are a couple of plays from both Jahan and Parker, like really nice run after the catch, making a guy miss breaking a tackle, like let our guys do something out there. Um, so yeah, I don't have a lot to say on, on that. I, I have faith in Shiraka. I think, I think he's going to figure out what works and, and we're going to see an improved offense over the rest of the season, especially with the level of competition. Um, so I'm kind of taking it as this is Shiraka's warm up year and next year we better come out, come out firing hot. Um, all right. What else do we have on, on offense? Um, hang on, hang on, hang on. Uh, trenches. We talked about the trenches earlier. So Shane Lunnan, uh, friend Shane says Saturday night's loss seemed to be a result of poor play in the trenches. Couldn't protect Clifford nor apply pressure enough pressure on fields. Not concerned about the D line as much, but once again, the offensive line is a liability. Not sure if this is scheme talent or both. Yeah. I mean, I'm not going to be able to, I don't know jack shit about blocking schemes. <laughs> I gotta be honest with you. Um, but it, there's a, there's a level of it that has to be talent. I mean, it just, the whole game, it looked like we were fighting to get one yard. Every yard was, was, was a dog fight. Yeah. But then on the defensive side of the ball, it was a dog fight to stop them at five. I'm yes. like, that's just, that is never going to be a winning formula. No. And it was, and, and that's what's what was super tough on the, the defensive side. Again, understanding Justin Fields is an elite quarterback, understanding they have a ton of, of playmakers. Like, I mean, there was, you know, third and eights, third and twelves. Like, I don't remember the exact situation, but like, guys were just wide open, sitting in the middle of the zone. It's like, it, it, it just murdered was, us on third down. Yeah, it was like it every was time not we had to play on defense and forced a third and long, it just didn't matter. Yeah, they punted yeah. twice. Oh God, that's ugly. Sorry, I'm I'm reading things, but I'm just also taking you know, in how ugly that is. We we had, I think, four stops this whole game, and it was. Maybe, no, five. Two punts, one turnover on downs, and two missed field goals. Yeah, the missed field goals are... hardly called missed field goal stops. Yeah, exactly. Uh, all right, so let's flip to the defense here, and then we'll get into some of the miscellaneous questions. Um, CJ Scalzetti says, can we stop with Brent Price, a very good uh, DC crap? His past defense schemes have been, have been shit for four years now. Fields toys, toyed with us. Uh, Shelton and Joey Porter Jr. have had nice years to start on D. Agree. Uh, he also, this is all from CJ, also says, someone needs to find out what the hell is going on with Keaton Ellis. He looked like a f- uh, future stud as a true freshman, but now can't see the field on D through two games and lost reps to Hardy. Something's going on there. Um, I agree. Um, I think that's it for defense. Yeah, those are the only real defensive questions. So, yeah, I mean, the Brent Pry, uh, you know, we, we've talked about it before. It's It's been a been don't break it's been reliant on some good uh defensive line schemes um obviously you know above average linebacker play and and we've kind of kind of been you know subpar in the secondary for a while and you know when you're playing a team like this where you're not getting the pass rush you're not getting pressure on fields your secondary is just gonna gonna be toyed with like there there's gotta be I don't know what the answer is there but there's gotta be something else um I don't know what's happening with Keaton Ellis um did you see him at all in this game I don't think so. Um, was it him or Marquise Wilson who got in trouble during preseason? Um, I don't remember either of them, but Marquise is playing. He came in when Joey Porter got hurt that quick minute, um, got beat for a touchdown, unfortunately, but that happened. Even that was like, man, he didn't get beat bad. He got beat by like a step and a half. Yeah. And like, yeah, it was just throws a great pass, and Alave makes a very good catch. Yeah. 
Yeah, and that, that's one of the ones that, that was pissing me off where, like, Marquise gets beat by a step and then you see both Wade and Brisker running in, like, way after, way too late. There's nowhere near the ball. Um, <laughs> They've both for, been disappointing to me. Yeah, yeah, agreed. I, I think our safety play is really, really bad. Um, I don't know if you'll see more Sutherland or even Rudolph. I think Jair Brown has shown some things. Uh, number 16, I think he's wearing. Yeah. Uh, transfer from Lackawanna. Um, he's been the one I'm hearing the most about, uh, to be honest. Yeah. The one whose name you hear most during the game is Jair Brown. Yeah, I, I agree. Um, and, and that's the thing. Like, I don't know at this point if, like, you make a change. Because, like, I, I don't know. Like, are you going to sit Lamont Wade? I don't think so. Like, he's, you know, a fifth-year guy, senior guy. Like, I, I don't think they would do that. Maybe the play warrants it. But, like, I just – I don't personally see it happening. So, um, for anyone that's listening right now, I think we're probably somewhere around the 30, 40-minute mark. Uh, we're rambling a lot. We don't have a lot of technical answers for you here. We're lost this, here, people. We're this lost. Is us. This is us trying to make sense of a whole lot of shit. Um, let's, go, let's go through the last miscellaneous questions here. Um, Jeffrey Wallace Jr., the talent gap between Penn State and Ohio State has widened considerably. It was in full display Saturday night. Scale of 1 to 10, how worried are you that we are heading in the opposite direction when it comes to talent, considering just a couple of years ago we seemed close to elite? This is like the, the, this talent gap widening between Penn State and Ohio State is something I've been reading about every day since the game. Um, and I got to be honest, like at first I was like, oh, shit, like they're right. Like this, it's very obvious. And honestly, and I'm not going to say this is 100% it, but I think a lot of it really just chalks up to Justin Fields being at Ohio State. Like if you past four seasons, we have played Ohio State. We've, we lost by like what, one, twice? Yep. And then 11 and 13. In both those games, we lost by one. Let me tell you that we got beaten the trenches on both sides in both those games. Mm-hmm. The, the, like the X factor to me, the, the, the only thing that's different in those games is Justin Fields is on the other side of the ball. I mean, this is a guy, this might, you know, I, you, I might get crucified for saying this. He might go down as literally the best in college career only, the best Big Ten quarterback ever. He's the best one. I, I can only name one Big Ten quarterback I've ever watched who might have been better than him. And he only played in the Big Ten for a year, and that's Russell Wilson. There's only, there's yeah. only three guys in the past two decades, past 20 years, who might have been better college quarterbacks than him. And it's Russell Wilson, Drew Brees, and Troy Smith. And to be honest with you, I think as, as a college quarterback, I think Justin Fields is – better like if you look at the stats I mean his first year as a starter completed 67 percent of his passes for over 3,000 yards and 41 touchdowns to three interceptions and this season he's completing 87 percent of his passes oh my god and I get that it's a really small sample size but his schedule only gets easier from here Oh yeah, I mean he—he's he, got. I think he's going to win the Heisman, especially with Trevor Lawrence, you know, out a couple. He could of COVID. not unrealistically have an eighty percent completion percentage at the yeah. end of this. Yeah, no, I think I think it's fair. And I, I was like throw zero interceptions. Yeah, I was sitting here trying to think like, uh, okay, is that a hot take? Can I push back on this? I, I don't think you're wrong, man. Like he is that good. Like there, there's reasons why it still hurts that he left us. Um, you talk about talent gap. Uh, I do think the talent gap is just ridiculous. Like Ohio State, and and it's I, I think what it is is it's depth and it's completeness. Like we have some dudes, and we've had some dudes that are like 
really, really great at their position. Really, really game changers. Um, but you look at Ohio State, and it is across the board. It is their entire front seven. It is all of their secondary. It is all of their offensive line. It is three to four receivers deep, even when it's a freshman you've never heard of. Um, like, we missed out on Julian Fleming a couple of years ago. Like, we were so upset about that. He was going to be a game changer for us. I don't think he's even playing yet at Ohio State because they're that deep and they have other true freshmen that are playing. Like it, it's, it's, I, I mentioned it on our, I think our season preview, like these football factories of Bama, Ohio State, and probably Clemson, it's, it, it's not next man up mentality. It's the next man up is there and he is just as good. Like it's, it's a fact. It's not a, a you know what, my guy got hurt. I got to go out. I got to be just as good as Journey Brown and I'm Devin Ford. No, it's, he is as good. Um, I'm Jesse Lucetta. I got to be as good as Micah Parsons. No, no, that next guy is that good. And maybe not intra-season, but like year after year after year after year. Um, That's so a lot of people we played this got, game without probably two of our best five players. I don't even care about that though. Even if they were on the field, like I think when you, when you talk about the question of is the talent gap widening? Yes. The answer, absolutely. 100%. Um, and two, like it, it's, it's not getting a whole lot better. Um, so if you look at, if you look at recruiting trends, um, shout out to our friend, uh, Brett over at pick six previews in his, uh, in his off season book, he puts out the 10 year, 10 year recruiting trend of where, where your class was. So when Bill O'Brien was there, 2012, 2013, uh, we ranked 47th and 33rd recruiting classes. James Franklin comes in, we jump up to number 24. We go up to number 14, down to 20, up to 15, up to six. So in 2018, uh, we were number six. That, that was the peak of our recruiting. Uh, and then it goes down a little bit. It goes to 13, goes to 15. Uh, this year, we're, you know, 2020 or 2021, whatever we're recruiting. It's just not a great class. Um, it, it's gone downhill. Now, 2022 looks incredibly promising. Ton of studs, a lot of wide receivers, a lot of offensive firepower. But the problem is, when you hit that peak, when, you, when you're getting the talent, you have to execute on the field. We've talked about this over and over and over again. The reason why people choose to go to Ohio State is because they're going to win and they're going to get drafted in the first round. Like, there was, there was a clip during the broadcast where they were interviewing Justin Fields, and he said, he was talking about the whiteout game in 2016. He goes, he goes man, that's why I originally committed to Penn State. I was like, damn, I got to be there. Okay, well, why did he flip? Because we started going down. We started cut off that part of the process. Yeah, (laughs) part of the interview. But but think about it. Like we started, you know, we started losing more games. We started having problems. Like, yeah, we've had some guys drafted in the NFL, and I and I do think that tide is turning, where you're seeing more and more. But it's got to be consistent. So yeah, to the people who are asking the talent gap, I I think it is. And until you consistently win on the field, like that's that's just how it goes. Man, this is not a fun episode, guys. Uh, well, it hasn't not, been a fun two weeks. <laughs> this is not fun. Uh, let's finish up. We got a couple more miscellaneous ones. Um, this is CJ again. Says uh, Stubblefield has done good work so far with the wide receivers. Agreed. Um, uh, Aaron says, when is Journey coming back? Do you have any updates for us? Um, you know, I've been talking to him for most of the day. <laughs> hasn't given me a set date yet. But I think um, it's looking like I'll never know. 
Yeah, I do. I will say this. We had another question earlier in the year before Noah was ruled out. Someone asked us, hey, what's, what's the update on Noah Kane? I appreciate that you guys think we're insiders. Uh, we are not. We don't have that information, but I appreciate that you think we are. If I'm being honest with you, my gut feeling is Journey Brown's not playing this season. Yeah, I don't think so either. Um, especially at this point, like for him, if there's any, again, we're not going to speculate on what the medical condition is, but if there's any risk, unless, unless he's truly sitting there going, I want to put a couple games on tape, go to the NFL and then ride off into the sunset. If he is one, just going to go to the NFL and, and kind of show out of the combine and want to kind of protect himself for there or two decides, you know what? I do want to come back for another year. Cause I missed this whole year. I, I don't think there's any reason for him to play. If we start this year two and oh, we beat Ohio state. We're looking at maybe a college football playoff or a big 10 championship. Sure. Maybe he's healthy week six, seven and comes back. I don't think there's any reason to for him right now. Yeah. Um, all right. I think that's all of our questions. Anything else from this game that we, we haven't covered? I think that's probably about it. Anything we missed? Ah, not that I can think of, my friend. No, it's a, it's a tough one. But, again, I, I'll say it a million times. Think, think back to those, those weeks in, whatever, what was it, August or whatever. We thought there'd be no season. We thought we wouldn't get to see this team at all. We wouldn't get to see the young guys develop. We wouldn't get to see the last the last ride for some of these older guys. And it um, turns out it's been even worse than that. No, no, no. <laughs> Honestly, like, if, if you told me before the season, hey, no football at all, or you're going to start 0-2 and, and then, you know, win out or, or win most. Like, I'm going to take this option. Does it suck? Of course. But I'm going to take the option of watching the team and, and enjoying it. So try to remember that. Uh, we got, what, Maryland next? Yes, we do. That'll be a fun one. They uh, they just came off a big win. Uh, we'll have a preview show later this What's week. What's going on with Minnesota, by the way? Oh, God, they look bad. They just look bad, man. They um, do. I mean, that's got to speak well about Kirk Schrocker. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Iowa's lost, too. Um, LSU looks terrible. Like like I said, it's a weird, weird <sighs> LSU year. LSU looks It's bad. a weird year. I mean, listen, we have football. Enjoy it. Watch it. We'll have a For a minute, show. I thought Rutgers was going to beat Indiana, and oh, yeah. I was about—I was about to lose my mind. Yep, yep. <laughs> it's it's a weird year. Enjoy it for what it is. Uh, we will Purdue have is a, two and zero. <laughs> we will have a Maryland preview show later this week. Uh, guest TBD, maybe. I haven't reached out to anyone yet, so we'll see if we can get anybody on. Um, and yeah, we're just going to enjoy it for what it is. Take take solace in enjoying watching the young guys develop. You're going to see a lot more Parker Washington. You're going to see a lot more Keandre Lambert Smith. You're going to see Joey Porter Jr. Um, you're going to see some guys blossom who hopefully will be a big part of next year's national title team. Put I do have books. a question actually. Go for it. I was on a rant there. That, that could have been. Yeah, a I'm sorry. I, but you were about to end it. <laughs> Go ahead. I think we actually have to talk about. Did Cam Sullivan Brown play the single No. Down? Oh my God. You're right. I'm sorry. That uh, we have to talk about. When we're talking about wide receivers, okay, so Jahan is the dude, number one. Love it. Parker Washington, very good, solid slot guy. Love that. We need somebody on the outside to be that third guy. Daniel George has played some snaps but hasn't really seen much action. Uh, again, there's one. I'm, I'm, I'll see if I can find the clip, but Cliff just bailed. It, it would have been a touchdown, at least from what I saw, uh, but hasn't seen a whole lot. Keandre Lambert-Smith has played, has made a couple nice plays. Happy. I think he's going to progress. Cam Sullivan Brown, listed as the starter week one, dressed, warmed up, didn't play. We thought maybe it was that false positive that they were talking about because Franklin said, "Did you hear? Did we talk? Did we cover this?" Yeah, no, he remember. said that somebody had a, a COVID issue. Right, but it wasn't so we thought him. maybe him, but he wouldn't have been warming up. He wouldn't have been out there if he did. 
So this sec this next week, I correct me if I'm wrong. He was listed as the starter again, right? I I don't remember to be honest. I'm almost almost positive he was listed again because there were no major changes in the depth chart. Um, where is he? I don't know. I don't know. So I, I mean, if 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 you're gonna dress a kid, if you're gonna list him as a starter and then just not play, like what what could that even be? Like I'm not trying to speculate, but like what could that be? Yeah, I can't see it being a disciplinary thing because then they no. wouldn't they wouldn't. Uh, list him as the starter I don't think you wouldn't be listed as a starter and you wouldn't suit up like I, I don't think so if it's a dissimilarity thing and you're truly like hey you're supposed to suspended for the game they're not going to suit you up and then throw you in if they really need yeah. you because then what's the I mean like discipline like uh, I, I, a fairly analogous situation would be Jesse Locato was not listed as the starter for this game right because he couldn't play the first half uh, I think he's listed as a starter but there's like a uh, like a, a an asterisk that says we'll okay. the first half um, but yeah, there, he, Cam Sullivan Brown was listed as the starter. Um, I don't think, I mean, he didn't record a catch at all or, or target. I don't think he saw the field. I didn't, I didn't see him. Um, I'll have to go back and watch it, but that's a great question, man. Cause it listens, like we said, disciplinary probably wouldn't be dressed. Probably wouldn't be named starter. If it's a health reason. Probably wouldn't be you, dressed. Probably wouldn't be dressed. So what's the problem? I don't know. All right, we will end it there. Uh, send us in your thoughts on what's going on with Cam Sullivan Brown. Uh, send us questions, comments, concerns, emotional outbursts. Um, a lot of fun banter on, on Twitter uh, Saturday night. Um, a lot of people kind of just venting their frustrations. Um, one guy told me to relax. I said, I'm relaxed. I don't know what he was talking about. Uh, but yeah, that's all we got. It's probably a little bit longer than I planned, but it is what it is. Um, we have football, guys. There's bigger things in life. It sucks, but we're going to win this yeah. week. We're going to win this week. We're going to positive spirits. We'll have a positive podcast. Um, yeah. Keep the faith. We are.